Welcome to the New Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you are encouraged by this message by Pastor Tom Sturbins. I love you guys. I love this house of worship. I love worshiping with you. There's no place like it for me because you're my family. You're my tribe. I know stories. I know testimonies. I know the power of worship in your life. I didn't come here yesterday. We've been walking this together for 17 years. I know what Laura talked about. I know what Laura, what, what, in your lives, why am I in this place? How did I get stuck? Okay, let's do this, okay? Get your Bibles ready. In the recent weeks, we've been talking about the power of us. In recent weeks, I, I mentioned to you about advocates. You can go back two Sundays and it's online and you can listen to the teaching. I need you to hang with me because I got to move through this. Because God's going to move mountains here today. God is going to move mountains here today. God's going to move mountains here today. God is going to move mountains here today. Mm. Know what I'm talking about, Johnny? Then talk to me. Okay. <laughs> okay, here's where we're going to start. Amanda, hang with me up there. Ezekiel 37, verse 11. <laughs> Favorite passage of Scripture of mine. Uh, I'm convinced that the author of the song, let's see. All the earth will shout your name. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. I, be, I believe that somewhere in that author's heart, he had in the background this passage of Scripture where God brings the prophet out to this valley of dry bones. And I've talked about it several times in the past. But this is the culminative moment. And we'll go back and read the verses, I hope. When the prophet gets to the... Uh, then he said to me, verse 11, God brings him out. Okay, let me tell you the story. <laughs> shows him this valley of dry bones. It represents the aggregate, whether it was a vision or literal. There's ongoing debate whether it was the effect of losses to Nebuchadnezzar, uh, an, an enemy king, and it was just evidence of how utterly they had been destroyed and, and, and devastated time after time after time after time. Whether it's literal or a vision makes no difference. The point is still made, and you can read it there, because he brings him out and... Uh, and he says to him, he says to them, what can these bones live again? We're going to come back to that in a moment. But at the, at the end of it, it says, then he, God, said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. And here's what I want us to focus on that I did not see prior to the last 48 hours. And it's right up there. These bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say. Everybody say, Behold, they say. One more time. Behold, they say. These bones represent the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say. These bones represent the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say. The they say he's talking about is a poetic reference to the bones. And here's where the Holy Spirit just hijacked me the last few days. He says, when the bones speak, do not listen. Everyone look at me. When the bones speak, do not listen. Our bones are dried up. 
our hope has perished, we are completely cut off. That's what the bones say. Our hope is dried up. Now, I would have waited for my turn, and we would have done everything in order this morning. It's Laura's fault. She walked out there and said, why am I here? How do I get here? How am I going to get past it? So listen, you blame it all on Laura. That's what you're going to post on Facebook. That's the banner for today. Hashtag, it was Laura's fault. Okay? She shouldn't have done that. Our bones are dried up and our hope is perished. Just hold that. When the bones speak, if I were to give a title, and uh, I don't often do that, but there you have it. Let's just look at this where we've been the last few weeks. <laughs> 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Everybody say advocate. You can go back and listen to the teaching. We have an advocate with the Father. Jesus is before the throne. The Bible said that He came, He lived, he died on the cross. He was resurrected. He ascended. Hebrews picks up the Acts, uh, book of Acts narrative or story and said he's ascended to the right hand of Father forever there. He is there. What is he doing? We have an advocate. A couple of weeks ago, we studied these terms that in John chapter 16, look at that, verse 7. It's going to be up on the screen here. But I tell you the truth, this is Jesus speaking, it's to your advantage that I go away, or can I say, ascend to the Father. For if I do not go away, the Helper, that's the Holy Spirit who he defines later, will not come to you. That word helper is the same identical word, advocate. Now let me tell you about an advocate again. It's a judicial term that was used to describe an officer of the court, even in ancient times, who would step into a situation. Watch this. By the time you got to a court, an indictment had been initiated. The language was a bit different then. And a potential outcome or judgment was looming. I want to say that again. An indictment had been issued based upon action and a judgment had already been in the mind of the court. But then in steps an advocate that does this thing. An advocate presents an outcome not presently under consideration by the situation. I want to say that five more times. An advocate presents an outcome not presently under consideration in my situation. An advocate presents an outcome not presently under consideration. Let me give you the grand scheme of it. When Jesus stepped before the throne of God after He had died, been resurrected, and ascended, Revelation says that he entered and he boldly stepped in right to the throne. First John tells us about it. The book of Romans tells us in a moment what he's doing when he steps there. But he steps up and said, Father, the world was living in judgment. Go home and read John the Gospel, chapter 3. The world was living in judgment. It should have been destroyed by reason of its own action, by everything that happened since the end of the Garden of Eden. But Father, I'm stepping before you today, offering the evidence. Moffat's translation says he stepped before the throne bearing the marks of being freshly slain. And he says, Father, I am here to present to you an outcome not presently under consideration by their actions. I'm here to present an outcome that the whole world might be saved. I'm here to present an outcome that whoever may call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm here to present an outcome that they will not be cut off, but that by my blood they may boldly come to the throne of God, grace 
place and obtain mercy and grace in their time of need. That's the place you clap right there for appropriation, not for the preacher. Lord, I want that. I want that. But here's what goes on. See, Jesus is still before the throne. Let me skip ahead briefly and show you that. Look at verse Romans chapter 8, verse 34. He says, who is the one who condemns? You know, one of the condemning voice that steps in and represents. I'm picking it up mid-sentence, mid-text. Who steps in and says, here's the judgment. That's what catacrino is. Here's the judgment, but Jesus Christ who died for us, rather who was raised, who is at the right hand of the Father, also intercedes for us. You see, advocate and intercede, two different Greek words. Advocate is who he is. Intercede is what he does. But both of them are judicial terms that mean to petition. Woo! Jesus steps in and said, I don't care. Any voice that comes up, I want you to know that I've paid I've paid the price to rescue you from that. But that's not the only thing. One more time. Remember, John chapter, everybody listen to me. John, 1 John chapter 2 said Jesus is an advocate. The Holy Spirit's an advocate. So it would make sense that somewhere we ought to find that if Jesus is interceding, the Holy Spirit is interceding. Good news is, look at Romans chapter 8, just seven verses before, verse 27. And he who searches the hearts and the mind of the Spirit knows what, excuse me, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he, the Spirit, intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Uh, But that's not all. Everybody got that? Everybody got that? Jesus said, I'm going to go there. He's going to come here. I'm going to call forth from the Father the highest possibilities and outcomes not presently under consideration. And here's what happens at the end of that, John chapter 16. We're going back there. Verse 13. Remember in verse 7 I just read, it said, He is the advocate here, Jesus the advocate there. I love this stuff. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all things. Watch this. For he will not speak of his own initiative. But whatever he hears, he will speak. He will disclose to you what is to come. Well, what is he speaking and what is he hearing? Verse 14, he will glorify me. Remember the word glory, glorify, opinion, opinion. He's going to represent the highest opinion that God has, that Jesus calls forth from the throne of God. I wish I had more time to go back into doxa and glory. Watch this. For he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. Oh my goodness. Listen to me. Here's the Holy Spirit saying, Blake, I got something to tell you about you. Really? Where did you hear that, Holy Spirit? I just got it from Jesus, straight from the throne. This situation you're in, by the way, I don't know that Blake has a situation. He's on the front row, and we always pray for the people on the front row because they become an example at some point in the sermon. So here we go again. This situation you're in, it has an outcome that you see in the circumstances, the sort of indictment and the realities of it all say this is what should happen. See, you've stepped before your own valley of dry bones and you've looked and said, there's only one outcome here. It can't happen. 
But let me tell you what the Father has to say about that because he just spent, said it to the Son. And I'm not just making stuff up here. Remember, I'm the Holy Spirit still. Everybody got that? I, I'm not making stuff up here. I can't make stuff up as a matter of fact. I can only say what he said, that is Jesus, and what he got from the Father. So I'm just passing along a piece of information to you, Blake, that whatever you see as the final outcome may not be the final outcome because we have an advocate for the Father that paid for an outcome not presently in consideration, purchased it. He passed the coupon on to me and told me to handle it to you today because he's got an outcome for you not presently under consideration. Laura stepped up here and said, I, 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 I've, I've seen you move. Hang on. Mm-mm-mm. Let me see what I left out. I think I've done pretty good. Oh, I did leave out an important part. This is perfect. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. I wish I should have had her put the King James so you'd get the point up here. I love New American Standard, but watch this, New American Standard, and I'll tell you what the alternate word is. First of all, then, I urge that entreaties, prayers, and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men. By the way, we're coming up here on Thanksgiving. Everyone listen to me. We, for four years, we did a think thanks thing where you'd, every day you'd list something. Somebody hear me right now. You're so deep in the valley of bones, you can't see anything to give thanks for. Find something. Listen to me. Find something. Why? Because thanksgiving is the word eucharista. The word grace is charis, C-H-R-I-S. The way you spell thanksgiving from the transliterated Greek thing is E-U-C-H-R-I-S-T-A. Right in the middle of thanksgiving is grace. Every time we give thanks, we release grace into a moment. I love what Stephen Furtick said a couple of weeks ago about talking about grace in 2 Corinthians 9. And he says, giving, giving. He says, when he says it ends up talking about the harvest. But he's watch this. He said, whenever you have a need, God doesn't give you a harvest. God gives you a seed. Because he said in that passage, seed for the sower. Whenever you have a need, he gives you a seed. Then the harvest will come. The sowing is up to us. Whether that's giving of love, forgiveness, money, finances, whatever. You, you get that. Give thanks. It releases grace into the moment. Father, there's someone here so steeped in the valley of dry bones. It's like they're, they're just looking up and pushing away these skeletal remains of the past and evidence of failure and destruction and they're looking around and nothing but negative nothing but devastation nothing as a matter of fact father that's the word they're using to describe themselves in their lives nothing nothing put a praise in their mouth and thanksgiving on their lips and release the spirit of grace into their life right now before them in the name of Jesus Christ we praise you and bless you amen hallelujah turn to the person next to you and said you missed the chance to clap on that prayer it's all right we're going on past it all right first of all then I urge you that entreaties and prayers and you see it Amanda you're awesome look at that she got the King James Version therefore I exhort first of all that supplications prayers and what intercessions be made oh my oh my what does that mean 
the Holy Spirit. I'm facing my moment and I'm praying about it. Father, here's, here's what I see. I, I love this. I'm just going to skip ahead and give you the end of the story. Remind me to come back to this moment. If I get up and forget to be the intercessor, that's where it has to end, okay? And that just happened right here. It was not in my notes. So just wave at me, throw your purse at me, something. Ezekiel 37, verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit. Everybody say the Spirit. Whenever the Spirit's showing up, he's about to present you with an outcome not presently under consideration. By the way, mm mm-mm. He brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He caused me to pass among them round about. And behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and lo, they were dry. Very dry. Very dry. I've asked you this before in teaching on this in the past. Anybody looked at, anybody have a valley of dry bones? You don't have to raise your hand in your life. And what it is, they're not just die yesterday. You know, when you hear the story of Lazarus, there was a, a, a Jewish belief about the fourth day. And Lazarus, the guy that died when Jesus showed up and it was the fourth day, and he, she says, by now it's the fourth day. I don't have time to go into it, but there's a reason for that. There was still this, this uh, the, the concept or odor, hope that in, within the first three days, thought something could happen. And really, there's a lot more to say about it. It was, it was sort of this mythical belief. But she spoke out of her own out of her own mythical belief and said, by now it's the fourth day. I believe Jesus waited to the fourth day on purpose. So they couldn't ascribe what was about to happen to something coincidental or based on myth. There's some dry bones in your life that are so dry, very dry, they've been dead and gone a long time, and I've said this before, that you haven't even prayed about it in six months or six years. Because we all know dead dry bones are dead dry bones. And so you haven't even, and here comes a guy bothering you today that you finally compartmentalized it, gotten past it, got it over it, accepted the outcome, accepted the judgment, accepted the indictment, and now I'm taking you by the hand, I believe led by the Spirit of God, and asking you to walk back to the edge of that valley and say, let's look at it one more time. And so sure enough, Ezekiel says, it's, a, it's what I know it to be. They're very dry. He said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, oh, Lord God, you know. I like what Mario Murillo said. I heard him say it 25 years ago. He said Ezekiel gave the smartest answer he could give because I think Ezekiel thought, I wonder if these are all the other people that he's asked that question to. That'll come to you in a moment. And so he gives the best answer. Um, God, you know. I like that. Remember that in your prayer life. Whenever God starts asking you a question, when you feel like you may have the stupid answer or faithless answer, Lord, you know. Okay, here we go. And again, he said to me, prophesy. Everybody say prophesy. Well, I don't know what prophesy is in the broadest sense. That's when your lips move and the Spirit speaks. That's when your lips move, but you're speaking born of the Spirit and the Word of God. That is, I'm looking at Scripture, and I'm saying what the Holy Spirit inspired according to 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I'm going to speak those words even if I don't see them. I'm going to say those words even if they don't look like a reality. I'm going to declare them even if I'm standing in front of dry bones that have been dead and dry for 30 years and 40 years, and I'm looking at them one more time, but I'm going to shake myself and step up before it, and God says, prophesy. And these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. 
<laughs> Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter them that you may come to life. I will put sinews on you, make flesh grow back and cover you with skin, put breath in you that you may come alive and you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied and I was commanded as I pro and as I prophesied, there was a noise, behold, a rattling and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked and behold, sinews were on them and flesh grew and skin covered them and there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, and they came to life. So I prophesied as he commanded me, breath came into them, and they came to life and stood on their feet, an exceeding great army. And then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. This is the collective voice. And they say, we're dried up, our hope has perished, and we're completely cut off. There's always a danger when you listen to the bones speak. If you listen to the bones speak, you won't hear the blowing of the wind of the Spirit. You will not hear the voice of the Lord. Let's keep going. Matthew 17. Jesus had been on the mountain praying, or he'd been away praying, and when praying and fasting, and while he was away... A man came to the disciples, and his son was possessed of a demon. It says, when they came to the crowd, a man came up to Jesus, falling on his knees before him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's a lunatic and is very ill, for he often... Anybody have somebody like that in your family? <clears throat> yeah, never mind. And he's very ill, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. Jesus turned, looked at them, I did that, and I added that. Jesus answered and said, You unbelieving and perverted generation. How many know that's not an encouragement session, right? How long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked him, him being, go home, do the research, the demon, not the boy, the demon. And the demon came out of him, and the boy was cured at once. I'm reading you the backstory for these next three verses. The disciples came to Jesus privately and said, um, why could we not drive it out? And he said to them, because of the littleness of your faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. But this doesn't go out without prayer and fasting. We have addressed bones of historical evidence and past. We've addressed spirits that control and sap the life. Watch the poetry. And mountains of intimidation. In these situations, all that seized me when, I, when this grabbed me, I said, Father, just bring to my mind the places where you said, speak to it, say to it. And then it all shifted together. Tom, I've called you to intercede. I've called you to do what the Son does before the throne when he paid for redemption and salvation with his blood. And he showed up and he said, I'm here to pay for an outcome that wasn't presently under consideration 
Before I breathed my last breath, they laid me in a tomb. I was resurrected and ascended before the throne. I'm here to offer a cosmic and eternal outcome that was not previously under consideration. And the Father says, let me hand you the scroll, and you can start writing their names in it. Start anytime you want. That's in the book of Revelation. Go look. We step up to a valley of dry bones. You see, the Holy Spirit then here hears from him and he says, I got something for you straight from the Son, got it from the Father. Now I need you to do this. I need you to intukano. See, because it's the same Greek term. I need you doing right here what the Son does before the throne, what the Spirit gets from the Son and gives to you. Now, I need you to begin doing what they do. What's that, Father? I need you to begin speaking an outcome not presently under consideration. Because let me listen. Here's the thing. Tom, this is Tom. I am tired of listening to the bones of the past demon voices of control, and mountains of intimidation. I have been called to declare an outcome not presently under consideration by valleys of dry bones of failures of the past, by spirit voices that would whisper and hold in control, and by mountains that stand in my way that would intimidate me from taking the next step forward. I have been called to be the third in a line of command, chain of command, straight from the throne. What the Son here hears from him he speaks to the spirit what the spirit speaks he says to me and we would declare an outcome not presently under consideration let me tell you something you declare an outcome not presently under consideration for next week on the backside of that next oncology report about your cancer you declare an outcome not present. Where are the radical people of God that say, listen, uh, here's what the Holy Spirit said. Tom, you become one of the best mountain and bone descriptor describers in the world. I can describe it, analyze it, and assess it. But God said, push all that aside. What do you see? I'm calling you to move from description to declaration. I'm calling you to move beyond what you can see to what you hear by the Spirit because the Spirit won't initiate anything that He didn't get from the Son and the Son won't give anything to the Spirit that wasn't issued forth from the Father. So you've got a pretty good backup team standing right behind you. Any moment you're willing to step up and say, Father, I've lived dominated by the evidence of bones of the past, de demonic whispers and control of the present, and mountains of intimidation that keep me from my future. I have had enough. Yeah. I've seen you move. What can you See you move. You move the mountains. Yeah. I believe. Hang on. I see you do it. Who here? The song of the Lord. Don't have time to teach about that. Who here standing in this place right now that God's calling you out and you know that valley, you know that voice, you know that mountain? Somebody, somebody, one person, somebody sing it out. I've seen you move. These bones will live. I 
Come on. I've seen you. You can do it again. I believe. Oh. I need some water. Some water. At this point, I'll drink after someone. Just bring it to me. Hallelujah. Now, I sat worshiping by myself this morning, so. Say, bro, the second chord is going to be major, not minor. All the earth will shout your praise. Hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Okay, here it is. Right now, right where you stand. I want to know everybody 
I want to know everybody in this place that you're facing the valley of dry bones, the whisper of hell and demonic control, whispering an outcome, a mountain of intimidation that stands before you. And you need to see bones live, demons gone and rebuked, and mountains move. I want to know if there's anybody like that here today. Come on. Then we're going to pray this prayer right now. Come on. I've seen you move. You move the mountain. And I believe. I see you do it again. In the name of Jesus. Reach over and put your hand on your dad's shoulder. Matter of fact, I need the other elders right here. Go over there to our brother, Jerry, right now. I need other elders to move quickly. There you go, Mark. Hallelujah. He's right over there on the side. Lord, I remember standing with my brother by my truck years ago after Sister Ruth Ann went home. And he said, we had prepared and prepared. We'd honored God. We'd come to this moment. And we had a future plan. To take trips and just enjoy each other in this part of our life. But I never saw this coming. Father, in the name of the living God. That cloud has lived over my brother. He fights it every day. I ask for you to crush and destroy that. I ask for the valley of bones to live again. I ask you for to do what I can't even ask for and don't know what to ask. Father, I'm thankful for a faithful brother that has lived it, walked it, stood it. He hasn't flinched. He hasn't moved, Father. And he's come out to this valley again and again and said it's still there. Father, in this season, turn that. May the breakthrough come now. In the name of the living God, spirit of the living God, come in this. In the name of Jesus, he knows what I'm praying about and I do too. In the name of the living God, touch my brother. I want to know if there's anybody here that you've walked out to your valley of bones. Don't everybody raise your hand. That you've walked out to your valley of dry bones and said... Patrick, Pastor, I think I need you to pray. It's coming to my mind two or three times. So I just need you to go ahead and start making your way up here. And uh, visiting with 30 of his students, 
here today from out of town. And this young man has been a voice of encouragement to me. We'll clap for him in a minute. Don't get distracted by that. I'm just telling you who he is so you can, because we're humans and you'll be sitting there wondering, I wonder who that guy is. And he'll be praying a prayer here in a minute. You need the prayer more than you need to know who he is. So are we done with that? Okay, let's get back. Let's get back. Right here, right here, right here. I, 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 don't, I don't know that there's 100 people here that this applies to, or 50 or 25. I don't know. But I need to talk to the valley people here today. You're facing a valley of dry bones. You don't need to be ashamed about it. I, 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 got, I got one of my own that I've looked at a long time. Come back out. Is that you, sweetheart? Good. Come on down here. There are other people here. We're about to pray for them together. And then we're going to do all the other stuff that I cut out of the service, and you'll be okay. Look how early it is. Behold. We have time to do many good things here, okay? Come on down. Just step right here. Don't, don't, don't be ashamed. Please don't be ashamed because I'll be standing there with you. Come on up here. If you're one of the people standing in front, you know who you are. The valley of dry bones that says, man, I'm tired of praying about this. The, the whispering hiss of demonic voices that control and mountains that intimidate. Just step right in here because there's a whole bunch of people going to pray for you. We're going to do what the word says. Intercede this morning. We're going to call forth a consideration and an outcome not presently under consideration. I need to pray for the two of you. Okay, just come on down here. We're about to have prayer service right here. All right. Just step in here. Step in here right now. Hallelujah. I've seen you move. Open your eyes and look at me. He's about to move a mountain. Because there's a group of called out who call forth that believes he'll do it again. Hallelujah. Pastor Patrick, make your way up here if you would, son. Thank you. Hallelujah. Now, where are my prayer warriors here? Johnny, Dylan, Mark, just get in here. Y'all just now spread out a little bit. Because, listen to me. Somebody's going to pray with us individually. This isn't a collective. I'm a face in the crowd. God knows your name. God knows the number of the hairs on your head. God knows where you are. He knows every bone in your valley. Okay? Now, I need just, come on, just move spread out so people can get in there because people are going to come pray with you individually. Hallelujah. Listen, the people who are coming to prayer, this is one of those effectual, fervent prayers of the righteous man. That means you pray with intensity. That means you can, it's not, Father, we pray that they would have a nice bone day. That's not what we're looking for here. Okay? We are praying that effectual fervency, God works through the human vessel or where it transcends two dimensions to where there's an intensity that steps up. I'm just going to give you a practice run. Father, I lift my sister Amanda and the echoes of the past that have been stuck on, on repeat like an old record over and over and over and over again. Father, I call to witness the moment that you stood before the disciples when that woman poured out the alabaster box and she poured out that precious stuff and they came and said, Lord, what about this? It could be used for something else. And you stepped up and said, shut up, shut up. You be quiet. I know what this worship is about, Father. We stand today in agreement. Somebody lift your hand here. In agreement. And Father, we declare in the name of Jesus, those bones will live, demon voices will stop, and mountains will move in the name of the living God. So be it. That's the kind of prayer I'm talking about. Now, y'all get in here. Patrick, Pastor, 
you just lead us however you want, exhort. Pray. We're going to be praying right here. You do it. Hallelujah. Father, we come to you from the edge of the valleys of dry bones, Lord. Lord, these aren't new valleys. These aren't places we've just arrived at. But, Father, we've seen them before. We've analyzed. We've examined. We've identified. Lord, we've, we've laid out what all the problems are. And, Father, the bones are telling us that there is no hope. And, Father, we've, we've sometimes we know what you've told us, but sometimes we've been buying in to what they're telling us. But today, Lord, in this room, we know that heaven is intersecting with us and in this moment we're telling the bones that we're done listening to what they have to say. Father we're done hearing that the hope is dried up. Lord we're finished hearing that our situation is hopeless and right now Father in this room we're saying that we know that heaven already has a plan. We know that God the Father has already decreed life. We know that the intercessor the Son intercessor seating has received the message from the Father of an outcome that hasn't been under consideration. And Father, we know that the Spirit has breathed it into us today. Lord, and we know that Pastor Tom has come today and the Spirit has moved in him. And now, Lord, we've come to this place to say that we are ready not to come into agreement with what the bones say, not to come into agreement with what the demon spirit says, not to come into agreement with the shadow of intimidation in the, of the mountains in our life. But we've come today to declare and decree that we agree with heaven about our sickness. We agree with heaven about our family members. We agree with heaven about our bondages. We agree with heaven about our marriages and our relationships. And so we've come to say that we are going to declare an outcome here on earth, Lord, that hasn't been considered. We're declaring freedom. We're declaring healing. We're declaring reconciliation. We're declaring freedom. We're declaring forgiveness. We're declaring restoration. We're declaring, Lord, total transformation. We're declaring life where there has been death in that name that's above every other name. In the name of Jesus, let there be life. Let there these bones live. Let these situations change. And Father, we'll be careful to give you all the praise. Can we lift him up right now that what's on earth is becoming what heaven has declared. Somebody celebrate that the Father declared it. The Son gave it to the Spirit. And the Spirit carried it into this room this morning. Go ahead give him one more big praise that what heaven has said will be on earth thank you for joining us for the new hope sermon of the week for more information about this podcast or other resources, visit newhopeonline.com.